This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a Black Christian Collective. I am your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Burns Clan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me today is not Dr. Jamar Tisby. I have upgraded in my guest <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding Whoa, that's cold no, but, that's but cold. we love we love whenever i get the opportunity to talk to my sister the big sister i never had ali henny who is the vice president of the witness and also a author of the forthcoming book you gotta tell them about the book go ahead tell them give me your book book plug all right well the name of my book is i won't shut up Finding Your Voice When the World Tries to Silence You, and it comes out June 20th, 2023. Listen, it's fired. When the pre-orders drop, you guys got to be prepared. Go ahead, go get it. There are also maybe some opportunities as well for you to pick it up, have it signed. We'll, we'll talk about that later, yeah. okay? We'll talk about that later, but just throwing that out there. So when it's time, move in formation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> save your coins, like, you know, but Ali, I really love talking to you about this idea of growth and what does it mean to grow? Because I believe that our friendship has been a lot of growth. We've grown together in so many different aspects and areas. I've learned so much from you. And one of the things I was thinking about as well is, and we talked about it a little bit before, is what happens when you grow and people around you don't. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like you have a great because of your leave loud story, which people have heard. And then also what you navigate like out of out of church spaces, family, friend groups. And this is probably one of the main things that I think we don't anticipate as we grow. We learn all this new information. I remember the first time I learned something. I was like, oh, snap. The country is really screwed up at the root like <laughs> what i've learned mm-hmm. isn't exactly and so i start sharing all this stuff with people mm-hmm. thinking they're gonna be like yeah of course and they like huh <laughs> like that ain't true that's that mm-hmm. woke stuff that's that oh, you know goodness. how it is yeah and so it's like ah oh, that's not true that's this that's that that's the liberal media mm-hmm. read thomas soul read you oh, my goodness. and so you just you get into all this mm-hmm. and, and people stay where they are mm-hmm. and i think one of the most frustrating things has been what do you do when people stay where they are while you grow and i know you've experienced this Oh my goodness. Yes, I've experienced it. And something that I kind of pride myself on as a, as a person a little bit, and pride is probably the wrong word, but, but something that I always used to count on myself for is being steady. You know, I, I'm steady. I'm yes, real. Absolutely. Like I want, I like what you see is what you get. Absolutely. I'm not, I try not to be somebody that just, you know, kind of goes back and forth and kind of goes with the, goes with the, the flow and the ways that the winds blow. So I really try to be like kind of stalwart and steady 
The problem is, is that in your life, I mean, we, we should all be growing. We should mm. all be trying to progress. We should all um, be trying to develop. And so sometimes whenever that happens, you might find yourself on something. And I'll even, you know, I'll go and throw the Holy Ghost up in it. Like Come sometimes, on. sometimes Come the on. Holy Ghost will start speaking to you about things and will start talking to you about areas and stuff in your life that maybe you could grow in. Yes. The Holy Spirit will start giving you um, just vision and everything yeah. for, for new things in your life. And so you start to do that. And then people are like, they start to notice that there's something different about you. Right. Mm. And so people notice that there's something different about you. And then sometimes that difference makes people uncomfortable because especially if you're somebody that, you know, you, you can be counted on, you can whatever. And then you maybe subtly start to shift. You subtly start to change for some people that can, that can be unsettling for them because they counted on you being a certain way. And so then if you are the token black friend, the token oh, yes. black person okay, you gotta talk in about the, this. the token yes. black friend, the token black schoolmate, the token black person in the church, and then you start to change and you start to start to develop. Well, what that does is it starts to unsee what people start to think mm. about you. Right. Mm. So like if people thought about you in, and for whatever reason, people always like use these terms of like, you know, being respectful, like, Oh, you know, they're so kind and they're so right. respectful and they're so this and that. Well, whenever you start to push back against white supremacy, people act like you've switched stuff up. Right, and right. in my case, I mean, for some, for some people, I admit that, you know, maybe they were the person that kind of towed the line and right. was very, you know, yeah. very like, like black, like, oh yes, I'm going to be very concentrated on respectability and I'm going to be right. very concentrated mm-hmm. on those, on those types of things. And then there are some people that were in that and then, and then they really do, they really do switch up their personality. That wasn't necessarily my story. I've always been how I've always been, but my story was really real realizing how much just because I had grown up in a predominantly white context and went to college in a predominantly white town, like it was all these things, how much I just catered to white people's sensibilities and right. not because I thought they were right, but because it was, it was survival. It was self-preservation. Yeah, I knew that I could, had to. I, I, yeah. I thought I had to, cause it's like, I knew that if I, if, if somebody said something racist to me, well, if I got a cracking with them, I didn't know what would happen. Right. I didn't know, like, would they, would they get angry and would my life be in danger if they got angry or if I got it cracking with them, would they then become very fragile and would then that disrupt opportunities with that, that. So, so I I kind of was like, I had, I thought my thoughts, but I didn't really say them out loud. And so then whenever there came a point when it was like, I've got to start saying stuff because, you know, black boys are laying dead in the street and somebody's got to say something about that because nobody's saying it. People are concentrating on on somebody burning a McDonald's down in the hood that they would never have visited in the first place. Exactly. And somebody's got to say, somebody's got to speak the truth in this. So I started speaking the truth in it. And it was like, oh, well, you know, you know, you, you changed. You used to, used to be so kind, used to be right. so this, yeah. used, to, used to be so whatever. And, you know, I, I really had to learn how to navigate that. That's, that's so helpful because I think you're distilling a couple of different, and this is, this is really helpful that you said it. There's, there's changing like your thoughts on something, right? Mm-hmm. So there's changing your ideology or your theology, but then there's sometimes just changing your approach. Mm-hmm. And there's just changing how you approach something, how you address something. And uh, I'll never forget, it was in response to one of our podcasts. I forget which one it was. I think it was, 
2016 after Trump. Oh, yes. And, and so then there were a series of podcast episodes that happened afterwards. And one of my friends from college, who I'd known in college, he tweeted at me, what happened to you? Oh, my goodness. And I was like, I- I'll never get that feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean, what happened to me? You used to be so solid. You used to read your word. You used to do all this. And and, and I, I found that very interesting because I was like, how do you know my spiritual habits? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you know my spiritual disciplines? And how do you think that my spiritual habits, practices, disciplines are in some way, shape or form uh, outside of what those people who would practice faithful Christian behavior would do and then thus think about the world and mm-hmm. an election and white supremacy mm-hmm. and and I'm like, where where does this come from? That's interesting. But then also I felt an odd sense of social pressure mm. to adjust how I thought about myself. And it's different because sometimes we change our habits and we change our theology or we change our views on something. And there's a pressure to change how you think about those things mm-hmm. or how you think about that particular. But what I've found is the 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 more pressing thing for me has been the social pressure to change how I view me. Mm. Like what happened to you? Mm. Like what's wrong with you? What why did you and 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 it's the subtle nature of of people trying to craft you and form you in their image. Ooh. And in the image of what is acceptable to them. And I found that that is the hardest thing to overcome because it always seems to be Whenever we talk about the things we talk about, mm-hmm. people say, it's what, where did you go? Mm-hmm. I liked you better here. Not like, oh, okay, I disagree. Why did you come to that conclusion? Mm-hmm. More like, it, it was you. But you were, as if we were a, a supporting character, mm-hmm. we were cast in a, in a TV show or a movie and we didn't know mm-hmm. about it. And so when you talk about how people view you and shape you, and see you as something in their circle or their friend mm-hmm. group. That resonates with me because so often the question is, where did you go? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm right here. <laughs> but I also, as a human being, as an image bearer, I have the right to change my mind, mm-hmm. to grow, to develop, to feel the tug of the spirit mm-hmm. that says this needs to change. Yeah, it's really, it's really wild. I like how you said people being cast like in in their own image, like people casting you in their image. And I think that there's even a level of dehumanization that comes with that. Oh yeah, we gotta talk about that. Um, Especially, and I'm not saying that that white people don't do this to other white people. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that black people don't do this to other black people. But what I'm saying is whenever you get that dynamic in there, as we're talking about race, as we're talking about white supremacy, as we're talking about issues of social justice, it really gets to kind of be a problem, right? Because it's like saying, you thought this certain way, or it's not even that you actually thought the certain way, right. but we perceived you, we perceived you to be one of us. Hmm. We perceived that because we were cool, because maybe we shared a classroom at some time together, that maybe we shared a pulpit at some time together, right. or we shared a pew at some time right. together, that you thought 
exactly like me. Mm. And so then whenever you show yourself to be an individual or to not be a representative of a monolith that again is cast in someone else's own image, whenever you show yourself not to be that, then suddenly there's, there's a division that happens. There's a, there's a breaking that happens. And I think that that's actually the root of why whenever you start say, speaking about these types of things, people will be like, oh, but you're being so divisive. Right. The divisiveness isn't, you're not really saying anything that's divisive. You're just speaking the truth. But their mindset of division is that you are different than me. Ooh, that's good. You're not, you're not, you're not cleaving to me. You are, you are leaving white supremacy and you're cleaving to the truth sometimes, oh. sometimes we gotta leave and cleave but anyway i'm just gonna leave that, that there. oh i'm gonna leave that there but we're that's no, so good but we're no longer cleaving to the bosom of whiteness we're no longer cleaving to the oh. bosom of white supremacy and so because we've because we've left that then people are like oh but you've changed oh but you're oh but you're so different oh you used to be this and that whenever really like sometimes it's that nothing even really has changed about you but it's but it's your approach that's changed wow. or maybe it is maybe your theology has changed i know that my theology has changed on certain right. things my understanding has changed on certain topics and so there is an element of where you know yeah i have changed there are some topics that yeah for sure that i have changed on you know my my views my views of police my views of other things. I just have said, you know what? I have walked a journey and I have prayed about it. The Holy Spirit has has led me. I feel now I could just be blaming my own self on on God, but it's like I feel <laughs> right, what, yeah. what what I know and understand to be the Holy Spirit. I feel pulled in certain directions and pulled to pulled to believe certain things and pulled to understand the world a certain way. So then there are aspects where it's like, yeah, I have in fact changed, but it's weird because it becomes so weaponized. Yes. It's it's so it's so weaponized. And like I said before, it's dehumanizing where it's like you were an object in this person's mind. You were an extension of them. Your relationship with them was an extension of themselves that then whenever you say, eh, sure i'm with that anymore then they see it as like you are pulling yourself away from them and then the the kicker here is that they see their way as the right way yes yes and you get you get the spiritualization of it right so you get so you're a homie back in the day who was like oh but you used to read your word or whatever the reason why i think people say that type of stuff is whenever you are interpreting the scripture through their hermeneutic. So to go throw that, go throw those MDiv words out on y'all today. I, I paid for that MDiv. I, I paid for that MDiv. And you not, ju- and not just financially. I yes, paid for paid. that MDiv. Bless so sweat and tears. So look, look. So I'm going to throw them, them seminary words out <laughs> on you. But hermeneutic, which is yes. basically, if you don't know what that means, it's biblical lens, interpretation. Yes. It's the lens through which you interpret the Bible. But because you no longer interpret the Bible with their hermeneutic, mm. all of a sudden you're maybe not with God. Mm. So if you don't worship, make America great again, white supremacist Jesus, if you don't, if you don't worship the Jesus that stormed the Capitol, right? If you don't, if you don't, Jesus that stormed the Capitol. If you, if you don't, if you don't worship the, the Jesus, the, the, the person that was calling angels from 
uh, Africa uh, yeah. and South <laughs> the America. Angels are coming. The angels, <laughs> the angels are coming, are coming. The angels are coming I mean, from Africa. I mean, she summoned the angels. Ata, da, da, ba, ba, da. <laughs> I'm She's, sorry. I'm but, but, sorry. But, but look, look, she said, I mean, I believe what the angels did. I, I think, think they showed up. I they think, said, I all right. They, but they did show up. They just didn't do what they did. They didn't do what she wanted, but, but they, they came. Did, but they showed know? up. They, the angels came. But if, but if you don't worship that Jesus, mm. if you don't worship that savior if you don't worship their image god in their image something's wrong with you and and you're not following the right way let's let's come back and talk about this because this is so helpful this is so helpful for me and i think this is going to be helpful for y'all as well we'll be right back on pastor mike Hey everybody, this is Tyler. This is Dr. Jamar Tisby. And we are excited that you're listening to this episode of Pastor Mike, but let me encourage you to support us. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Pastor Mike. And for just $1 an episode, just a dollar? now that's the bare minimum, that's four quarters. But if you want to go higher, okay, 5, 10, higher. 15, that's 20, right. 25, whatever it is, that will keep this show going and keep the high quality that hopefully you enjoy. So thank you for listening, but you can take it to the next level. Patreon.com slash Pass the mic. We appreciate you. So, Ali, you know, we were talking about this idea of casting, right? Where people cast you. You know, the weirdest thing is when you leave their life and when you leave that show (laughs) and they don't recast you. Isn't that so? That's the weirdest thing for me. The weirdest thing has been being the token black friend. And when you cease to be the token black friend, they don't find a new one. (laughs) And it actually makes me feel like what was our relationship like to where now I am your only black friend. And and afterwards, after I say something you don't like or we have a rift or whatever, now you don't have another one. Hmm. And I'm like, well, what does this mean? And I think it, it really gets into when we talk about growth, we have to distill the difference between people who are in our life for us or the people who are in our lives for what we can bring to them. Mm, and there's a lot of people who are in our lives for what we bring to them. Mm. I think... I, I think we need to really say this to black Christians who are listening, black people who are listening. You bring so much to the table. Mm -hmm. People don't realize how much they bring to a room, Mm. not by being not by being exceptional or an expert Mm. or, you know, wealthy or famous, but just our essence Mm -hmm. in a room. Our essence at a table, our essence at a friendship, in a friendship, our essence in a church, shifts. it has the ability to shift atmospheres. I believe that comes from what is on the inside of us. And it also comes from our unique culture. I, I read, I read somewhere recently, I read somewhere recently where uh, 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 someone was writing about how black people are like coffee beans. Like whatever you put us in, we change the 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 nature of the water. Mm. Like we change it. And so it feels like when we're in a room, we underestimate how much we bring to the table. 
And we underestimate how sometimes the relational conflicts we have as black people are being misinterpreted as personal conflicts. When in reality, people are expressing the frustration that they can no longer use you for what you brought to them or their church or Mm. their room or their family or their table. They can no longer pull upon your uniqueness. Well, And I feel like it's been very strange to watch that navigation, but it's also been very liberating to say, Mm -hmm. I know that I, when I'm in a room, I enhance it. And I believe that God being on the Christ in me, the spirit of God upon me, I believe when I step into a room, I have the power to enhance it. Mm. And so it's shaped the way I've said, you know what? Maybe it's not me. Maybe it wasn't my fault that they left. Mm. Maybe it wasn't my fault that the friendship isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've just grown in, and they always try to pull you back to how you see yourself. Maybe I've grown in how I see myself. Mm. And maybe that changes my circle just by nature. Wow, that is that is so good. That is so good. And you, you talk about being recast. You talk about yeah, you talk about that, that yeah. whole thing where it's like it's y'all like, have no more auditions. <laughs> like what's up? You know? So you know, but what's funny is that I've actually seen the opposite. Okay, yeah, happen. yeah, okay. I've seen I've seen the opposite happen, especially in the church space, where it's like, okay, we we have this token person. We have, we have this token person. They fill a certain, a certain void that we have. And a lot of times that void is melanin. Oh, absolutely. They, (laughs) they, and, and I say that and it's not that you don't have gifts. It's not that you don't have talents. It's not that you're not bringing something to the table. Yeah. But for people who move the way that we've been talking Mm. is that often it's the melanin. So sometimes yeah. people people don't want to see themselves as racist. So you provided a racial alibi for those people. Ooh. So in, in, organiz- in organizations that want to be diverse, so, so whether it's a school, whether it's a workplace, whether it's a church, in those spaces where people want to be diverse, they will actually recast the token Negro wow. character, wow. but they'll recast that character with somebody who thinks like them. So you've, so you've, you've changed, you've broken the mold. Your character arc has had some development. And so then they write you off the show or you, you get in a dispute with the people and you, right, and, you exactly. and you, and you leave by, yeah. behind the scenes, you know, the actor gets yeah. into, you know, how like sometimes actors to be get more disputed. morbid. They, they, they write you off the show. They write you off. They find a way to write you off the show and you get, and you get this ending and you, and you walk off into the sunset. Your character walks off in the sunset. Well, I have seen where then there's a, there's a void because, you know, we, we want to be a diverse institution. Mm. We want to be, we want our school to be diverse. We want this work workplace to be diverse. We want this church to be diverse. So if the one black person that was there walks away from it, yeah. we've got to, we've got to add somebody new. We got to, ha- we got to put somebody new in that role. So they got to do it. They got to pull a Don Cheadle on Terrence Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so they, so they got to Don Cheadle you. Yes. So they, they, they got to Aunt Viv you. They got to Don Cheadle They got to Aunt Viv. They got to, they got to Don Cheadle. It can't be like, you know, Judy Winslow. You can't right, get Judy right. Winslow yep, yep. if you're, if you're the only black person in the institution. And so there's, and so I think that there's benefit to that for those organizations because you are, they, they want us to live in kind of this monolithic stereotype, yes. whatever. So, so what I often see, what I've often seen is that 
they'll bring people into the organization. They'll bring people into the church. They'll bring people into the school. They'll bring people into the workplace that echo the same thoughts that they want. They, that yes. they have the same politics. And then, you know, I do think that sometimes whenever people aren't recast, there's often a skittishness because yeah. it's like, oh, what, what's this part? Because we're monolithic to them. Yeah. So then what are they, what, what, what are they going to bring? Are we going to, are we going to have to deal with more of this, of more yes. of this woke stuff? Yes. Um, so I think that there, that there is truth to what you're, to what you're saying. Really Absolutely. Helpful. That sometimes we're not recast. It's like, we did that. We did, we did the having a black person thing. We right. did, we did having a black person in the friend group and it just didn't work and so they don't recast you but then sometimes it's like some sometimes the self-image aspect of it is well no we've got to recast this thing And so what does that mean for us as Mm. people whenever you see whenever you see that happen because it can be very easy to feel like oh my gosh am i expendable was i was was i expendable Like this person, like like the person that they bring in this. Oh my gosh, this person was whack. Like this person, this person's corny. Was I was was I whack? (laughs) Like it really, like it really. I'm gonna come to grips with. I I was probably whack. Okay, I was probably whack. I was probably corny. I came to grips with it. But God, but God, but God, but God. But I think, but I think that's that's so helpful because I think recognizing. And this is, I think, the key that you're bringing up that is so, so, so helpful. Recognizing what function you are playing in people's lives. Mm. And oftentimes we feel bad about growth Mm. and we feel guilty about growth. And I think the guilt about growth is often we cannot see that what is making us feel guilty is we are no longer filling a role in people's lives Mm -hmm. that they have created for us. That they have come in and told us what we are going to do mm. and us how we are going to act, whether explicitly or implicitly, mm-hmm. right? Whether subtly or out in the open. And I feel like it is so liberative for black Christians to hear, especially, that you don't have to play that role. Mm-hmm. That God has a purpose for your life mm-hmm. and God has a plan for your life and God has a call upon your life that is outside of what people desire to craft you as and mold you as and mold you into. And I think sometimes for many of us, we just feel so guilty about, ah, well, you know, I lost this friend, I lost mm-hmm. that friend, I lost the other. And it's like, that's, these are, these are seasons in our lives where we're learning. Mm-hmm. We learn and we try. And, and yes, we have to confront. Sometimes we, we lose relationships or friendships mm-hmm. because of our own patterns of behavior mm-hmm. or a lack of con- a conflict avoidance mm-hmm. or trauma responses. And all those things are deep inner work that we have to do. But then also sometimes it's just people are disappointed. You are no longer what they expected. You and that's no okay. And that's okay. And that is 5,000% okay. It is okay for you to change. It's okay mm-hmm. for you to be a different person than you were three weeks ago, three months ago, three years ago, three decades ago. Yeah. It's, it's okay yeah. to be, to be a different person. It's okay to grow. It's okay to change your mind about things. It's okay to even change your mind and then maybe change your mind back a little bit. It's, yes. it's, it's okay yes. to, it's okay to grow and develop. Sometimes some of us, we, 
do some things that we maybe are embarrassed about later. Yeah. I, I, I've seen it. I think, I don't think I've experienced this yet, but I've seen where people will go to like an extreme in their yeah, thoughts yeah. and it's like, oh my, and, and it's like, okay, and, and pull, pull it in a little bit, you know, right. every, every, everything. Swing that pendulum is, just is, a little far. Yeah. Like some people will, will swing the pendulum and they'll go way, way out and then they have to, they have to bring it in. They've got to, they've got to make amends. They've got to, they've got to do that. And then hopefully the goal isn't to then be reactive right. and go and go right back but to but to find a middle to find to find yes. a happy medium to find a happy to find a happy middle place a, a place of balance where you can be but all that's all that's okay and i think that even then how we get to respond i think i think some of it is is, mm. is even whenever we think about the response to whenever people point out that maybe we've changed what what i tend to do a lot of times is maybe there's truth to it right like yeah. maybe maybe really have changed maybe there are things that really are different about you and to, to take that and to and to listen to it but maybe you want to change maybe yes. you, you have to you have to check in with yourself because i think that that people for people who are problem solvers people who are fixers people who um kind of in their relationships sort of sort of lean to people pleasing and that type of right. stuff hearing that feedback that you've changed Oof. hearing that feedback Oof. that you're different it can, it can really get you and sting, you can, yeah. it can, it can sting and it can make you want to swing back to, Oh, I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta start impressing these people again. You don't, you don't have to do that. And something that I've, that I've had to learn to do. And I actually talk about this in my book. Just gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I, I won't, I won't give away everything, but, um, I have a, I have a chapter that actually like the subtitle of it is leave them on red. And sometimes you just have to leave people on red. Like what I mean by that, not red, like the color, but like, you know, whenever you yep. send um, text messages or something, I don't send red receipts. Like you, you just have to. <laughs> I do to, to my wife. That's the only one. <laughs> my Lena gets these red receipts. Yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't send red receipts, but like if you, but like if you're instant messaging or something like that, you have, you often, there'll be like a receipt that lets the person know that they, they, that they yeah. saw, that they saw the message. Sometimes you have to hear the message. The person says you've changed. They send you the little message on Facebook Messenger. Or they hop into your DMs on on Instagram yeah. or whatever it is. They they text you whatever, and you just have to leave them on red. You just have you don't. It doesn't require a response. It doesn't require mm. you to do anything. It doesn't require you to change anything. You just are kind of like okay, hey, this is what this this is what these people think of me, and you just leave them on red. And sometimes you just have to move on. And that that's something that I've that I've had to learn over time because I I do sometimes trend toward that. I don't like being misunderstood. Right. That's something that that really really bothers me is whenever is whenever people misunderstand me. It's it's one thing if you disagree, like if right. if we if we understand each other, and we disagree, then okay, cool. But if you fundamentally misunderstand me, me, that really frustrates me. And so I have had to learn to be okay with being misunderstood. Mm, come on. With, with okay, that like they're gonna think that I am anti-white. They're gonna think that I'm this. They're gonna think that I don't believe in Jesus anymore. They're gonna think that I don't believe in scripture and whatever and i've just had and i've just have had okay. to okay if that like if that and there's actually you know i think about the scripture whenever jesus was in his like kind of this kangaroo court that he was mm -hmm. that he was in and they kept asking him you yeah. know are you are, are you the you, son of god are you yeah. and he was like well y'all say that's what y'all are saying that's what that's what y'all are accusing me of and he just and sometimes you just have to be like okay this is what this is what they're saying about me and 
You okay. said it. I, I love that. I think, you know, the promise and the encouragement that I'll give to people, because I think it's also been a series of a lot of people feel this because of being in the wilderness mm. and being in this spiritual wilderness of leaving a church, transitioning from a denomination, uh, shifting your views on any number of issues, um, but also separating from this alliance that we see between whiteness and, and, and Christianity. And, you know, what I've, what I see throughout the new Testament and what I see, what I have seen in my own life as a witness is that God will send you the people you need for the season you're in. Amen. And God is going to send you the tribe that you need for now. And I've seen it. That tribe has looked far different in this season of my life than what I expected. God won't always send you the people that you expect to Mm -hmm. see, but, but God will send you the people that you, he knows you need that God Mm -hmm. knows you need. And, and I just feel like in this particular space of my life, I really had to trust God mm. to send me the people who will not just affirm everything I say or agree with everything that I believe, but to send the people who will see me for me and say, I want to walk with you Amen. in this season of your life on Amen. this journey. And it's unique and you, you got to do a lot of inner work and I see you need to grow in these areas. But I love who God has created you to be. And I love how you're bearing witness in your in your black body now. And I want to walk with you. And I want to experience life with you. I want to I want to lean into relationship. And I've seen that God has sent those people. And I'm I'm grateful for that. But just as a as a mechanism of hope, a lot of times the wilderness isn't about we think that the wilderness is, oh, well, well, I haven't found a landing spot or I haven't found a location to set up shop mm. in. Oftentimes it's the loneliness of the wilderness that mm. bothers us more. Mm-hmm. And I believe God is going to strategically in every season of our lives give us opportunity to find people, maybe virtually, you know, mm-hmm. maybe at a Joy and Justice conference, you know, oh, maybe hey. at a PTM tour. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really why we do things like Joy and Justice Conference. Yes. Like we do things like Joy and Justice Conference so people can meet and find their tribe, find the people who are around them mm-hmm. that are their people. Right. Like find your people, mm-hmm. you know, and find the people who are on the same journey that you're on mm-hmm. and say, hey, let's let's walk together. Let's figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. that's the PTM group. Oh, let's. OK, well, I guess we're friends now. You yeah. know, <laughs> like, I guess we're homies now. Mm-hmm. Like, OK, wow. I, and. And learn and grow and develop and see what God does with that. But there's just a tremendous hope in you're not evolving. You may be evolving away from the people you knew, mm-hmm. but you're going to evolve with people as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, God is good like that. So I appreciate you breaking this down because I feel like this is going to be so freeing for people to hear because that change and that growth, it's uncomfortable for you, but it's also uncomfortable for others. And it's not always a bad thing. Yes, yes, amen. This episode was brought to you in part 
by the audio adventure series Discovery Mountain. Help your kids fall in love with the Bible. Each true-to-life adventure story will draw them closer to Jesus. Visit discoverymountain.com/ct.